Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Penn State football is in the first week of training camp. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We are doing two-a-days to get you ready for Penn State football and the Penn State football season. We are concluding our view of our two-a-days with cornerbacks. Is this the best room in the Big Ten? We will decide with senior editor Nate Bauer coming up next. Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. You can call me T. Frank. That's Nate Bauer. As I said, senior editor of Blue White Illustrated. He doesn't normally come on the show on Fridays, and I think he has a uh, fun times only policy here on the show. Also, uh, I'm I'm hoping it's not a no pants policy or whatever, because it seems like you're outside at the moment, Dave. Nate. <laughs> Buddy, my my pants are on. You can't you can't be outside without pants on. That'd be a huge mistake. So no, we're yeah. we're ready to go. We're enjoying the outside air on a nice Friday, and uh, yeah, ready to rock. Let's go. Yeah. So I know you love these questions. I know you love these statements. Best in the Big Ten, best in the nation. Because what do we know at this point? But. I'm going to just throw this up here. We're going to get right into it. The Penn State quarterbacks. This has to be one of the best rooms that Penn State's had in a long time. When you take a look at the starters here, uh, you have Joey Porter Jr. coming back for one more season. Kalen King in his sophomore year, looking to take a huge step forward, a very talented player and one of the best slot corners, highly underrated player in Daquan Hardy. So when you look at this group, Nate, and we're talking about strengths of the team and strengths of Penn State football, where does this rank for you and how good can they be this year, given what they're returning? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's about the, the comparison with past Penn State units, right? I, I'm, right. It, it doesn't necessarily matter where they are uh, against Ohio State or Michigan, Michigan State, whatever, through the rest of the Big Ten. It's to me, hey, how, how do they compare against what are some otherwise very good units that Penn State has had? I mean, this has been pretty consistent here, right? You're talking about a decent amount of secondary players and performers that are in the NFL right now. So good, right? I mean, look, Joey yeah. Porter Jr. is much better. To me, he's much better than I think that he's given credit for, even though nationally he is given credit, right? Yeah. It's it's locally, I feel like, um, you know, that maybe he shortchanged a little bit in terms of just how good he is. Kalen King is young, but mm -hmm. extremely talented. Um, you know, it's it's to to have those two with this ability to take away one side of the field or both sides in in I think in terms of what the expectations are for yeah. both of those guys. That's tremendous. I mean, that's a let's, huge asset to have. Let's talk about those expectations for Kalen King. They started very high and they haven't gotten any lower when James Franklin called him the best 
uh, or most prepared, I should say correctly. He said the most prepared freshman we've had come on Penn State's campus in a long time, maybe ever. Uh, and then it didn't quite go up from there during the season where he wasn't a part of the rotation right away. And James Franklin made mention that he was not dominating on special teams the way you want a guy who is not starting to do, but then finally got in the game, um, had some pretty obvious and, and public mistakes that led to, uh, I don't want to say directly led to the loss to Michigan, but certainly uh, contributed to Penn State's loss to Michigan with a blown coverage. But overall, a solid first season for Kalen King when you consider everything. A very, very good season. And I know I painted it in a very negative light there, but the point being, this particular player, lots of promise, still a lot yet undelivered. So when I'm setting the expectations for Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King, is it setting it too high too soon here or is this he's got to deliver on what we've been talking about no i mean i think i think that's a perfectly reasonable expectation to set it's to me a lot of the conversation is about the exact same thing that you just touched on which is how bad are the mistakes right <laughs> excuse me you know are, are the mistakes backbreakers are, are they killing you or are they things that you can live with because if the things that you can live with like that's that's really the only downside that I see in terms of the talent that these guys bring to the field. They're yeah. going to give you an upside, right? That might be, if we're being reasonable here, better than other very talented cornerbacks that Penn State has had, right? Yep. In terms of taking the ball away. Yeah. And to me, that's a huge, that's a huge caveat. I mean, that's a it's a little bit of a give and take that you are featuring these younger players, but if the talent is that much better or is in that uh, is in that position to succeed. <laughs> I think it just really sets you up for, uh, you know, good things defensively. We talked about the safety position. We talked about the safety safety rotation and how there are potentially four players there that Penn State really likes and will get on the football field. Then when you compare the slot corner and Daquan Hardy, which in most places, I you have to consider him a co-starter because he has such an important role, even if it is a very specific role. And then you've got those two players on the outside combining, looking at the secondary, the strength of the team for sure, but can they carry the defense? And these players on the corners in particular, I think will be a lot will play, be placed on them if the pass rush is not up to speed right away. So can they withstand that? And can they withstand being the strength of the team for the full season if things don't materialize up front where we have some questions that we, we covered on a previous podcast. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I think that is something that's to be determined. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are, are they in a position to carry the team? I'm not sure. <coughs> Excuse me. But overall, uh, I, I think, like I said, if, if what they bring to the table as an asset <clears throat> is, uh, is is in a position to contribute right away and do like ball hawking as a thing that they do generally speaking mm -hmm. I think you can live with some of the mistakes that they're gonna make because both of those both of those two units to me are kind of in a, a, a similar spot right if chop Robinson is one of your best pass rushing defensive ends like, I mean, are you not ex like anticipating some inconsistencies there? I think that right. we all are, it, right. just given his inexperience. Right. And so you would you would have to assume that the situation is going to be outside of Joey Porter, somewhat similar, 
right? Yeah. Uh, so you're can just, I ask you're just gonna you have to let there? that balance. Sorry, go ahead. Just uh, no, you you bring up a good point, and I think with those two units and with the linebackers, we've covered the whole defense now. Just quickly here, stepping out from the corners, are you expecting that from the defense as far as inexperience, some mistakes, but yeah. a very talented unit? That sounds like the picture you're painting for <clears throat> a lot of the positions here. I, th- I mean, I think it's a combination of things, right? Because it's it's not just that that's what these players are at in their individual developments. It's that, mm-hmm. that it, I mean, again, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what Manny Diaz defenses do is yeah. they take chances. They take risks. They're trying to confuse an offense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there are going to be some explosive plays that opponents can acquire. It's just a matter of how is that offset by whatever strengths Penn State can bring to the field again. Yeah. Strip sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions, you name it. I mean, all of those things seem like real possibilities for me this year. Yeah, and I think that's a very a good point to make and one that I think Penn State fans will notice even though they don't know what's going on necessarily is that the attitude of this defense, while it will look similar, is going to be very different from Brent Pry. And uh, if we wanted to have a circular conversation, we'd start right back at the quarterback and talk about the offense because if you're giving up explosive plays in the secondary, you might need to offset that with some of your own. Uh, but this is not a... a this is not a shallow unit either. I think showing here, and I'm just going to uh, say what I think about this group. You have Marquise Wilson and Johnny Dixon, two quality players that are behind your starters. Penn State, I think, reasonably is four deep at the uh, at the cornerback position, specifically on the boundary, with Wilson coming back to defense from where he was moonlighting on offense, and Johnny Dixon, the transfer from South Carolina, another year in the system. I was expecting maybe a little more from Dixon in terms of I thought he'd battle for a starting position a little more. Uh, it'd be a little bit closer of a competition, but eventually, it you know the way it has broken out is that Kalen King is taking that position by all accounts. So with that depth and those players, um, more positive signs for this group, right? It's not going to be just about the high end. It, it, there is consistency here. If somebody gets nicked up or you have to go to the bench, yeah. Totally. I think I think that they are positioned to withstand some setbacks. Right. Um, And and in terms of what those guys individually bring to the table, Marquise Wilson is a little bit of a question mark. I I mean, I think it would be unfair to paint that otherwise. Um, Certainly, he's been back at corner since uh, I want to say November of last year. But the fact that he spent the prior spring and preseason and the first couple of months of the season as a receiver says, you know, this is a guy without a home to a certain so extent. So what do you do with, <laughs> because I thought he was a very positive, uh, so there were very positive signs. He was a positive force in 2019 yeah. uh, before he moved. Um, so what do you do kind of with that of had a great first impression, got his hands on a lot of footballs, made some turnovers, but then they move him to offense. So I guess that's how I'm reading that is he's back where he made an impact previously. Yeah. Uh, are, are you are you a little bit softer on the positivity with Wilson in particular? No, I mean, look, I personally, I think of anybody who has an opportunity to surprise, he would be right there because yeah. no one's talking about him, right? Like yeah. that, he is not at the top of anybody's list of you know, standouts of the spring, what have you. But if you talk to Terry Smith and we did obviously through the spring and the summer, I mean, he, he made no bones about it that Marquise Wilson was a, a very uh, integral part of the depth that they have at that position. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a chance for a couple of guys to surprise there. 
So we got a couple of more things to get to, but the next thing I, we have to get to this is what's the X factor of this group. There are, it seems a lot of positivity, a lot of upside, a lot of strengths here. What's the X factor that's going to turn this on its head? Yeah. I, I look like if, if, if we're talking about the secondary as a whole, and I think that we are, I think it's kind of hard to separate these two groups. Sure. Uh, you know, how many interceptions are we talking about? Right. And if not interceptions, what does that do in terms of the reliance of opponents on the run? Right. Because to me, if, if you don't feel like you have a weak spot in the secondary, you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of really good things that give the ball back to the offense, create more opportunities. Um, you know, that really it will just be up to the offense to take it. Stuff. Of. Stuff the box, dedicate more players up front so that you can stop the run with numbers. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. You can be you can be truly suffocating on defense if you have a strong secondary and you can rely on those players. I think you make a good point to fold in, you know, all the players in the secondary at that point, because a lot of these guys, there's there's a lot of shared responsibilities, a lot of similar body types, similar skill sets in the secondary. But with the, the boundary corners in particular, those are areas where uh, I think Last year, if there was a weakness, sometimes the boundary corners were the weakness. Now, part of that is when you get targeted by a good quarterback and you're playing against a good receiver, there's only so much you can do. But now that these guys are, you know, especially Joey Porter Jr. is in that situation of being on the precipice and expected to be an elite player, we expect those particular things from him. And to me, that's my X factor is just how good is he going to be this year? Because an elite corner setting that tone, shutting down those explosive passing attacks that are coming after you in those big games. And I include Minnesota, by the way, with the way that they run their RPOs and play action and the way they try to take big shots. That's all a part of the big play game that he has to shut down. If he is truly that guy, then Penn state is in great, I think a great place for uh, the fall, even if some of the other things on the defense don't totally work out. So stock up or stock down, Nate, as we get out of here, we'll get to this. And then one last group, what's your, what's your read on this particular situation? Stock up. One of the most talent laden groups on the team uh, provides you flexibility options. You name it. I mean, I, I just think that, <coughs> excuse me, the opportunity is endless for these guys. Uh, you know, with the caveat that I think Penn State fans are going to have to live with <clears throat> live with some of the downsides. But it's a it's just a give and take, because I, I think that a, a lot of the conversation that was held previously was this notion that Penn State's secondary wasn't aggressive enough. Right. Like, yeah. it, it was always yeah. that was always the complaint was they're not aggressive enough. They don't ball hawk enough. Um, but guess, guess what? <clears throat> there was a plus side to that, which was that they never got beat. They yeah. never they never gave up. 80 yard touchdowns so yeah that that might happen a little bit more this year i think that that's a, a reasonable expectation that those are things that are, that are going to happen but uh i i also think that the the interception and the turnover numbers are going to increase concurrently so jeffrey davis jr is the one player we haven't gotten to yet and i did not include him with the freshman but just the way that this particular group goes we are just going to mention and introduce you to the freshman in this uh class because I don't know that they're going to be a factor this year. Christian Driver and Cam Miller, the two freshmen. Christian Driver was a safety initially. I, I, I'll roll that back. He was a receiver initially. Then he was a safety. Now he's a corner for Penn State football in his recruiting in 2022. Cam Miller, very athletic player from Florida, is the other 
four-star cornerback in this class. So uh, some potential for the future, but these guys are not going to be a part of the conversation, I don't think, in any way this fall. Although Christian Driver is a very smart player. I love watching him play football. If there's somebody that could force their way into the conversation, it's a dude who knows football inside and out and has the athleticism to contribute. But that's a that's a big hill to climb up for a freshman. Any closing thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that that you to to always expect surprises, right? So you just don't <clears throat> you don't know necessarily when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But injuries happen in football; it it's part of the deal. Uh, and so, if one of those guys is going to make an early impact, that's that's why, right? Like that's that's how it's going to happen. Nate, these two days seem to have taken it out of you, and we're here on a Friday late in the afternoon. So you know what? We're going to get going now. That'll do it for the BWI Daily Edition two-a-days. We're done. They've taken it out on me, too, by the way. I have not slept all week getting out two shows a day. But I love I love football, and I love our listeners. I love our viewers. I want to make sure that we're delivering the best possible content and the most possible content that you can consume, both on YouTube and through our podcast. And you have responded, especially over on our podcast side. Our numbers are doing – like. You know, I don't want to talk about it every week, but I'm very excited about how much you guys are responding to the stuff we're doing. So thank you and subscribe if you're listening for the first time. We got more stuff coming for Penn State football. Uh, the season is just around the corner. Media Day is uh, just hours away. So subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast rate review, all that stuff. Nate, you're a champ. Thank you so much for today. I was I was literally just going to add, if I hear a single question about USC, UCLA, television contracts, or uh, NIL <laughs> at media day tomorrow, my head might explode. I'm ready for football. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. And on Monday, we'll definitely be talking about uh, expansion of the Big Ten, I promise you. No, I'm just kidding. Great. We'll Thank have God. more on the BWI Daily Edition coming up on Monday. I gave you the sub subscribe spiel, but I just want to say it again. If you're not a part of this, train, it's rolling. So get on. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That's Nate Bauer. We'll talk to you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.